You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We continue our series of Set Apart to Serve today, meeting church workers and those who are encouraging young people to consider church work today. We get to delve into the field of education with Ruth Ann Gieseke. She's teacher and interim principal at Green Park Lutheran School right here in St. Louis, Ruthann, thanks so much for joining us on the Coffee Hour. My pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. So tell us about your path to becoming a teacher. First, what what even led you to consider this vocation of teacher? All right. I must say, life is certainly a collection of puzzle pieces. And for each one of us, we have our individual pieces, meaning our talents and our gifts and abilities that God has given us. As an individual child of God, It's only when the puzzle comes together as a whole mosaic of believers. So part of my path, I really, I really need to start from my very beginning. Really want to talk just for a few moments about my dad and my mom, both baptized and grew up in Lutheran families as well as in Lutheran elementary school. As I have such good memories of my mom and my dad, I would just first focus on a few elements from dad. Dad having served in World War two certainly had it had stories that were so personal to him and nothing that I could ever identify to. So dad kept some of those stories to himself. But the one thing I do know is dad often had pictures, special pictures that he'd keep in a little box and I would see him go through them often. And that told me that my dad had such a treasured personal connection with fellow soldiers. I especially saw that unfold when we would be at VFWs and American Legions and things like that. My dad was just a very proud soldier. He, too, wore the cap of elder at church. He was the secretary for church council as they were starting a sister congregation. So for my dad, I also have memories of faith, family, and country. My mom, also growing up in Lutheran schools, she became known in my hometown as the shoe lady where she worked in a department store, people would come in and she was a people pleaser. This is when saleswomen, salesmen would come out and personally attend to whatever you needed. So mom would bring out not one, not two, but maybe five and six, and she'd go back for more boxes of shoes. She wanted to make certain that her customers were happy, that they were satisfied with whatever they purchased. So she made the people feel very treasured. I think about that as mom always having a smile on her face, being totally committed to her work. She too, Sunday school teacher, ladies guild, altar guild. So my my parents certainly modeled for me not only the work that they had, but also their commitment to showing their faith in their personalities and in their workplace. I also have a brother who also lives here in St. Louis. He's four years older than I. He will always be four years older than I. And he is someone who I always have looked up to. And as he and I were growing up, I would say there were so many similar interests that we had, especially in the area of music. So Rick played piano and organ. He got involved in not only church choirs, but 
eventually he made that choice that he was going to become a teacher. And therefore, he headed off to Concordia Teachers College in River Forest, Illinois, now we know as Chicago University. And so when Rick was at Concordia, I had, too, an opportunity as a, I think it was a sophomore, to spend a month of the summertime on Concordia campus as a high schooler going through a month-long summer music camp. And that gave me an opportunity to start to enjoy not only college life, music, a love that God has placed in my life, but it also was a time for me to assess, you know, what did I want to do in the next few years for college? So for myself, I did grow up in the public school system, had some great teachers that were also inspirations to me. And as I can think back on who some of those people were and how they inspired me with their love of teaching, encouraging me in my writing, in my love of music. I also know that as a family, the high priority was always church, Sunday school, vacation Bible school, being part of choir, youth group. So those attributes and cherished characteristics that my parents had growing up, they made certain that those opportunities were also high on my list of, of activities growing up as well. So when the time came, then my choice too. I attended Concordia Teachers College, now called Concordia University in Chicago, had excellent professors that were there. I did my student teaching about seven miles from my home, had an excellent cooperating teacher, as well as a supervising professor who continued to encourage me in in all the work that I did. I'm a detail-oriented person, and I love what I do. I expend a lot of, of time doing what I do because I want to put my best foot forward because it not only speaks of myself, it also speaks of who I am as God's child. What a wonderful story of, of all of this legacy of how you end up in this vocation and why you're doing what you're doing now. How did all of that, all of those influences, all of those different people that you mentioned, how did that form you into the, the teacher that you are now today for these, for these kids as a teacher and as an interim principal, which I'm sure brings you all sorts of other opportunities for interaction? Oh. How did those people form you into, into the educator you are now? Very true. Part of it, I think, was by their modeling. And I think one of the most important traits, I believe, for what they did for me as what I hope to do for others is to actually be able to see talents in young people and be able to continue to raise them up, to acknowledge the talents that they have, to make certain that they know other people see the good that they are doing. I don't know that I would have thought in the very beginning that I was going to become a writer. I had a high school teacher that continued to tell me about my writing skills. One of the blessings for myself was when I arrived in St. Louis back in 1985, I had people around me who had asked me to start doing some writing. So I've done some writing for Concordia Publishing House, for Vacation Bible School materials, for day school materials. I've been blessed to be an author for them as well. And I never, ever would have thought that that would be something that the Lord would open. But I had people who saw that in me, encouraged me, and 
gave me a push. And I think that's we all, what we all need. We all need to have a push sometimes. It's uh, sometimes a God-given gift to be able to step out there and, and go from the get-go. But for some of us, just having the support and the backing of other people that say, we should try it. And I tried it. And I, <laughs> I love what I'm doing. <laughs> what does that look like from a practical perspective, whether for a parent or a teacher or another adult in a child or a youth's life? What does that look like? What are the things that that you see in a student that that you can identify and encourage them with to consider how they might use that gift in the future? Certainly. Being a classroom teacher in third grade, I know there's, I'm self-contained. Therefore, I'm with my kiddos all day long. A lot of times I can see in their writing. I think that's certainly one avenue as they learn how to express themselves and print. Just having devotion time with my boys and girls in the morning. A normal day for us starts with different items on our Promethean board. And one often is, is what are you most thankful for this morning? Or let's start our day by counting our blessings. A lot of times, too, it's about allowing the boys and girls to share what are some of the things that are on your mind and heart that we should include in our prayers this morning. So there are some students that, you know, at first seemed very quiet and shy, but later will open up and share a variety of concerns that they have, giving them those opportunities during religion class to allow them to be Bible readers, also to take a pause for them and say, what does that say to you? What does that mean? We often speak of here at Green Park Lutheran School, we are an association school, so we have four different churches that support Green Park, and yet we may have other students that are at other churches. So we often talk about bringing in church bulletins, and we can kind of talk, what are some of the activities that are, have been happening in your life? What's going on at your church? So a lot of them will bring some of those things with them. It's interesting, too, we have a, a unit in religion where we speak on liturgical art. So to give them the tools and a little history behind uh, items that they will see in their church, and we've done some studies of different churches that we've put up on our board to allow them to, to uh, create some liturgical art posters. So again, when they have some finished product, they've spent some time thinking about this, and they've been forming their ideas and their project and able to present it to other people. Again, jobs well done. At first, they probably look like, I can't do that. And yet to give them the opportunity and, and some time, they really can, and they do a great job. I have some students, too, who are also musicians, some piano players, some learning violin. So finding where those hidden talents are that maybe we don't always see in the classroom and being able to allow them to showcase with their classmates here at school or even some of my private piano students. I've been able in the past to have them play for chapel, even if it's a prelude or a postlude at some point. So just having a chance to get to know my boys and girls, to be able to say, you know, I notice that you're a good reader, or some of my students have actually been readers in their church. And that allows me to, to plant the seed when we start talking about what their gifts are, to start talking about, you know, liturgical arts. This church has just put up some new stained glass window or there's new banners that are hanging. So to talk about the work of our director of church music, talk about our choirs and our organists, pastors, our DCEs, 
and I would not leave off teachers. I, I think the one thing that my boys and girls will often say of me is she's always wearing a smile. And I do. I love what I do. And I hope and pray it shows every day that I'm at school. I, I tell them, and they know this after uh, getting to know me. I'm the crazy teacher that gets here extra early in the morning, sometimes before six o'clock. My tank is on full, and I don't really quit. <laughs> so I keep on going. So the Lord has blessed me truly with a, a lot of energy and desire to, to try to put my best foot forward. To also here in the classroom be able to practice forgiveness when, you know, things go awry and we have disagreements with each other or with one another and we need to take time to talk to each other. If there's anything that the pandemic has taught us is the fact that we for two years have kind of lived in isolation and we need to get back to face-to-face, -face, not screen to screen, but face-to-face -face with people, being able to talk, being able to compliment one another and just be able to problem solve together. I think that's one of the things I notice in my students sometimes is you can just tell when a student isn't feeling their normal demeanor. So sometimes just having that opportunity to take them aside and chit chat for a little bit, helping boys and girls today to be able to address what some of their cons personal concerns are from home. My home was mom, dad, brother. Today, of course, we have a variety of what family looks like. Boys and girls today are dealing with a whole different type of peer pressure issue than when I was growing up. There's everything with social media and internet. So being able to help them balance life and being able to really see what their gifts are that God has given them. And I'm, I'm talking to third graders, so anywhere eight, nine, ten-year-olds sometimes. They're still looking at the future of, of baseball players, soccer players. Those are all good, but let's talk about other things. You know, how might you use your talents in church? Look at what some of you are already doing. So sometimes they need to hear somebody say, I saw what you did. I, I knew that you were a reader at church on Sunday morning. That was great that you did that. That's putting your putting your faith forward for other people to see. We are chatting today with Ruth Ann Gieseke. She's teacher and interim principal at Green Park Lutheran School here in St. Louis, part of our Set Apart to Serve series here on The Coffee Hour. We have more to chat about with Ms. Gieseke in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Dun, dun, dun. 
Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series. Today, we're looking at the vocation of teacher. Our guest today, Ms. Ruth Ann Gisaki, she's teacher and interim principal at Green Park Lutheran School in St. Louis, Missouri. Really just probably about, what, seven, eight minutes maybe yeah, from far. here, from the studios here at the International Center in St. Louis. Now, Ms. Giske, you have been teaching third grade for a while. How long, can we ask, how long have you been teaching? You may. I taught seven years up in Emanuel, Dundee, Illinois, and then I was called to Green Park. This will be my 38th year at Green Park, so that makes this my, ta-da, this will be my 45th year in the teaching ministry. Wow. That's a milestone. That is awesome. That is a milestone, most definitely. And I'm very blessed and very thankful. I've taught in the area of second and third grade in my teaching career, but I've also served the church. I was called by Peace Lutheran Congregation here in St. Louis as assistant musician when I first arrived. Later, they did have a full-time musician. So at that point, two of us stepped away from, from Peace, but another congregation, the Lutheran Church of the Resurrection, was in need. So we took our talents over to Resurrection and served there for many, many years. So I continue to wear that hat, but in different phases of my life. So it's, it's <laughs> definitely a blessing. One never knows where the seed for me has been planted for where God may ask me to go in the future. 45 years, the, to God be the glory. Thanks yeah. be to God for that. How in the world it became 45 years, I do not know. It's been a flash. <laughs> oh. But I, I can see that for myself, just realizing I was at the Missouri District Administrators Conference just a few weeks back, and at one of the sessions, um, President Lee Hagan was there, and he was talking to us as administrators as well, sharing, you know, for the church, most definitely, we had 30 to 40 pastoral calls that were not filled this year. He said, yes, that is crucial. But even more crucial is the fact that we had 300 to 400 teaching calls that were not filled. Wow. We have a huge deficit in our number of boys and girls, our young men and women, entering the teaching ministry. And that is something that I hope the broadcast, getting the word out to other other people to let them know, you know, education, you can get a good education as well in public school systems. I understand that. I'm a product of that. But there's also those of us I feel so blessed to have spent my entire teaching, my entire entire teaching ministry being able to not only share reading, writing, science, and social studies, etc., but being able to share the gospel and to share Jesus throughout my curriculum. I know that for many of us in growing up years ago, Concordia Publishing House had a booklet titled Integrating the Faith. And even though that booklet had been looked at, at some point you can put the book away. You need to say, how do I show my faith in every subject I teach? So as Lillian Carson, long ago, a St. Louis MC at one of our conferences, she had a song, and the, the, the text basically says, Oh, you can't keep Jesus' love in a box. His love comes a-bubbling through. And honestly, that's the way we need to feel, whether we are teachers or DCEs, pastors. If we are working in a store, if we are serving at a restaurant, 
even without a title of a professional church worker, we need to be able to show Christ's love to other people in how we act and in what we do and be able to have the philosophy like I, I do not go to work in the morning. I get to go to school. And it's a place that I love, so I try to make learning and being here at school. This is my family. These are my kiddos for the next nine months. Moms and dads actually take me up on that, so that's a good deal. Speaking of moms and dads, tell us a, a little bit about the vocation of teacher and partnering with families, partnering with parents. Uh, that is one of the things for us. Prior to the start of school, we have two days set aside that are called parent days, and they are a time set up by an appointment. Our parent uh, will come in without a child, without their children, and sit and visit with the teacher let the parent run the meeting, trying to tell us specifics about their child, what works well, what are some things that we should maybe be watchful of. Parents definitely want to be in the know. Parents would like to know how their children are doing throughout the year. So I know we have a system in the classroom where papers might all go home on one day and everything now electronic with grade books when grades are entered. Parents are able to see those grades right away, able to make contact either them with me or myself with them to try to make sure that we can offer the best education. We do know, you know, my mom at first, uh, she was a stay-at-home mom until I started school. And then my mom, my dad both worked. And maybe back at that time, maybe that didn't happen in all families. Today, we can recognize that when it is a field trip day, it's hard to sometimes find parents to drive because parents are both both working. I am blessed with the fact that one of my field trips, though, many of my parents do take advantage of scheduling a day. For the last 20-some years, I've started a friendship connection between my third graders and older adults over at Laclede Groves Retirement Center, where they are approached and asked if they would like to have a third grade friend who will write to them once a month and create an art project for them. And I will have somebody take them over or I'll take them over and deliver and the receptionist puts it in their mailbox. And that's really all that we ask. And yet many of those adults that sign up turn around and they're able to send us a letter. When someone gets a letter here in the classroom, they get to read it, read it privately and then they share it with the whole class. We have an opportunity twice a year where we go over and visit with our friends in the fall to meet and greet, and we go back also in the spring to kind of close out our friendship connection. And Lord willing, this year in December, when it's time for a Christmas musical, uh, we invite our Laclede friends to come here. We host lunch for them, and they get front row seats for the musical. So we start an intergenerational friendship connection, which has been well-received not only by the older adults, but by my students. At first, they're not certain what they're getting into, but by the end of the year, they do not want to leave Laclede because they made quite a nice connection. And that's what it's about. It's people meeting people. Some of the adults may end up having grandchildren scattered around the country. And for them, this is a special time that they have a young person in their life that they're able to visit with, that they're able to share their stories with, and that they can also encourage. <clears throat> so we only have a few minutes left, which I'm very sad about because I want to keep hearing stories from you. <laughs> 
this is just so wonderful. <laughs> Oh, what what encouragement do you have both for kids who may be thinking or or may have that potential for for going into education for going into teaching but also especially for parents who who also see these children and and see their potential to become educator what kind of wisdom do you have for them as as an educator of of so many years mm-hmm. which is so awesome sure i think for any one person find what you really love what you really enjoy what is your passion? And whatever that is, devote your energies to that. Ask, ask the Spirit to, to help, you know, grow in your, your faith, in your witness. You know, for us right now, looking at church work, for, for me, one of the greatest things is going into church work right now. Why? It's because we are training that next generation. You know, as, as we're told, Bible verse that says, train up a child in the way he should grow, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So looking at where our children are right now, and maybe even what our world is in need of, we're in, we're in need of faithful leaders. We're in need of faithful citizens. So sometimes my students and I, we talk about the theme of training for Christ and country, and, and just realizing that church vocation is certainly a route to go. And yet, that, that's where my passion is. But also to understand, you know, if you find that I need somebody that's going to repair my car, I need somebody that's going to come and take care of my air conditioner system, that even having other skills, if it's not full-time church work, it is still looking at other church volunteer opportunities with Sunday school, serving in your church as usher and elder. So I think for a lot of families right now to encourage the, their young people, It's really, you know, take a good look at yourself. Look at the gifts and the talents that the Lord has certainly given to you. What are your passions? What do you really like? That's one thing about children is that whether you mean to say it or don't say it at all, they read people well. So if they know you are having a great time doing what you are doing, many students would like to follow that. So... My one of my advice is, you know, first of all, actions speak louder than words. So I always start telling my students sometime in the month of May, yes, 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 I know the end of the school year is coming. But I'll tell you, the last day of school, it is not my favorite day at all. We all have these big, wide open eyes of we're going to be out of school. And it's like, but you know what? I'm going to be, I'm going to lose my family. I come to school every day. You are the ones that I see from, you know, the time I get to school till the time I go home. And they get to know that I love what I do. You know, it is one of those things, whatever job you choose, whatever makes you happy, look at what the gifts the Lord has given you. And honestly, the adage that says, once you do that, you'll never work a day in your life. And I think that is so very true. So Ted Knightsky was also at our admin conference a few weeks ago. And he also said something that just sounded like me. So his words were, use the word get to. I get to come to school every day. And I get to lead my boys and girls in modeling prayer, in modeling personality, in modeling how I deal with fellow colleagues, how I handle conflict. So boys and girls are very observant. It's not really what you say. It's what you do, but it's also how you make them feel. One of my greatest joys can be when the doors are sometimes allowed to be open and we have 
former students that come back and they want to talk. And they just they come into the classroom and say, are you still doing this unit? Are you still doing this? They come back with memories. And it may not always be a specific lesson that you taught, but they will come in and they will say, I remember how you made me feel. You know, you were one that always had a smile on your face. You've always encouraged me. So I, I challenge everybody to think about every day. Make it a get-to day. And every day, make it a count your blessings day. It's not the glass that's half empty. It's the glass is half full. What more can we do? Our guest today, Ruth Ann Giesecke, teacher and interim principal at Green Park Lutheran School in St. Louis, Missouri. Thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today and helping us continue this conversation in Set Apart to Serve. Thank you very much, Andy and Sarah. It's been a pleasure for me, and may God continue to bless you in your work and also for KFUO for reaching people around the world. You can learn more about Set Apart to Serve at lcms.org slash SAS. You can find out more there to learn more about Set Apart to Serve and encouraging young people to consider church work vocation. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.